You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Hello and welcome back to the Oz Network for another episode of RuPaul Drag Race Recap from the Oz Network. And we're recapping episode five, something, something, something. I will edit that in post. Um, balls or something like that? Something about balls, something about pop, something about art, something about soup. There's a whole lot of vegetables and peanuts to talk about this episode. None of, none of them were good, but we'll get to it. Um, as always, I'm Rossi, and I'm inspired by rainbows, little birdies, and the re-emerging dark recesses of a rocky childhood. And my name is Colin, and I like art if it's well hung. It was a line of the episode, people. <laughs> Who said that? Who said that? Uh, one of the, I think it was one of the judges, Ross Matthews. Says something like, "Do you like okay. do you like art?" And he goes, "If it's well hung." Okay, okay. <laughs> hey, good tie-in to "Well Hung" from the Amazing Race. Yeah, that's right. Crossover episode here. Being well hung. <laughs> yeah, we are. All these parallels are coming in. All these race titled shows connect. It's the Oz Network extended universe. Um. Yeah. All these dongs <laughs> and well hung references all connect. It's a and Oz Network trifecta. <laughs> um, all right, so for this episode, we're going to talk a lot about fashion. It was the very much the Project Runway <coughs> slash face-off, <laughs> can, whatever. The can-can sale, whatever. Um, I wasn't a fan of this episode. I thought it was, I think it's the worst of the five so far. Were you on the same page, or is, is that am I alone in my opinion? In a strange way, this might have been my favorite of the five. Um, there's not a lot going on here. Oh my it, no, it is kind of weird because there's not a lot going on here at all in this episode. But what it did have going for it was all the things outside of the challenges. Like the, the I don't know if you even call it drama. I mean, it, it's it's similar, I think, to like last week where they sort of set you up for a big storyline and it didn't follow through on. But I mean, I kind of liked all the the... You know, just random discussions people were having, um, the Godfather-type moves that some people are trying to make, and that stuff was interesting to me. And then also just, I guess, the fails of the challenge as well was a little bit easier to watch than the fails of last week, because the challenge itself was a very small part of this episode, I feel. Really? Because I feel like the challenge took up so much of the episode, like we spent was like we only got twenty minutes of any pre stuff, and the rest of it was spent on this yeah. runway and everything. I just was like, "Well, that's so much runway," and I was just like overwhelmed. No, that's true because halfway through the episode, I noticed that they were already to the challenge. I'm like, "Is this all there is left of the episode?" But we had, you know, all, all those uh, I guess end of episode discussions, the um, the strategizing portion of it that came up later on, and that took up I think about as much as it would on those extended episodes that we had at the beginning of the season. So I feel like there was more of that to at least break up the challenge. So it's weird that I complain about those scenes in the past episodes, and now that we're here and we have an episode that you don't like at all, uh, I'm suddenly enjoying the stuff that I normally hate. So role reversal here. I was ready to come to this episode expecting you to be like, oh, this fashion episode, and like complain the whole time. And it's not the case. Well, like, what is this? The, the similarities to Face Off. I'm, I'm a huge fan of the TV show Face Off, and I liked, you know, that they had to design these things, and it was 
I would have liked even more. Um, this is oh, now. Now you're really gonna hate me. This is an episode that I think could have been extended because <laughs> I wouldn't have minded seeing them design the cans. Like we just sort of saw them talk about what they're gonna do for their cans and talk about what they're gonna do for their disco uh, look or whatever. But we didn't get to see any of the design stuff, and that's the stuff I was kind of missing out of this episode. So I don't know. I, I, I'm I'm with you in that I don't think it was like a brilliant episode, but. For the storylines that are being told, I was a lot more interested. Maybe that's just because we're what, probably about halfway through the season now, and it's getting a little bit more strategic. And there's there's more going on than just, I don't want to pick this person, you know, because uh, they have an ugly dong or whatever that uh, dong gate was from uh, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, did we come up with a name for that again? Uh, Thorgy always. Yeah, the first time Thorgy isn't mentioned, we have to find Ooh, a way to mention Thorgy. I don't think we had a name. I missed that. What? No, I'm trying to think. I don't think we had a name for it. Well, whatever the the picture was, um, I mean, we know it was a dong. Well, let's just call it. Let's just call it mirror dong or something. We need to keep the the dong lineage for the Oz Network intact. Yeah, so. dongs will live forever on this network. We promise you that. Synonymous. <laughs> with the Oz Network. Yeah. Um, so so we need to get into the episode. And we kind of had some conversations about, you know, what happened last episode. But it's really no surprise about who they eliminated because they both got to say who they were going to eliminate. Um, you know, some scenes between Trixie and Shangela trying to repair their relationship, but not much. So mainly I just want to jump into the next day where we get a mini challenge. Do you remember... The, yes. This is the second ever mini challenge you've ever seen, I believe. Uh-huh. I was shocked to see it. What was your thoughts on the the pinup uh, mini challenge? Uh, I mean, here's something that's I think a bad comparison to Face Off because Face Off does these, you know, maybe about three or four times a season. It's always my least favorite thing because nobody has any time to prep. It always comes out looking really terrible. Um, I had no idea what was going on here. Like, like how much time did they really have, and were they supposed to be nude in this? Like. Nothing really made sense to me. These are the type of challenges I think just should be edited straight out of an episode. Um, but, I mean, I, I guess everything sort of fit the theme this week. You know, that whole Andy Warhol theme. Um, I just don't know, especially in an episode where I feel like we didn't get, there wasn't a lot going on in the, the regular challenges. I don't know why we needed a third one. They had to pat out this 40 minutes somehow. <laughs> I don't know. I thought it was a nice change of pace because they don't normally get the mini challenges. It's usually like a kind of tough, not really tough, it's a really neglected. And they used to be a big part of the show, but now they're kind of phased out. But I think it was nice. It, we spent, what, like three minutes on it, so I wasn't too bothered. And it set up the whole challenge, so I think that was fine. Which, getting into the main challenge, they had to create two outfits from scratch, a soup can. I'm assuming they didn't have the soup can in their luggage when they came in, but they had to outfit their soup can to brand them. And they had a Studio 54 Disco Queen Couture look. What were your thoughts before, you know, they got into actually doing the challenge? Were you like, oh, this is going to be a dull episode? Or did you think, oh, this episode could be good, based off comparison? Um, well, I mean, every challenge we've had up until now has kind of had an interesting twist to it, you know? Uh, there was the whole divas thing. There was the 
the Bachelor theme. There was the the match game, snatch game, or whatever. This I just didn't get. Like, this just felt like it's a random throwaway thing. But I feel like both of the gimmicks, even though it really, I don't see what the challenge is of it. Um, I already said I'm not really a big fan of just let me make myself a costume uh, and do like the runway stuff, like this project runway stuff. But the soup can makes no sense at all because I don't know what the connection is to a drag queen. But that's kind of what I liked about this episode. Like, it was so bad, it was kind of funny to see these people walk out there dressed as soup cans and try to connect the dots as to how this is relevant. So it actually kept me interested just in that I didn't know where they were going with this. And I think what we eventually got out of the soup cans, I mean, some of my favorite stuff of this episode is when everybody's talking about what they're going to do. Um, I don't know if you want to talk. Well, I'll just talk about it now. Like, uh, the first note I wrote, just going along lines of that, I didn't really know. I'm like, what is this Arts and Crafts Week? Because I didn't get the connection. But then the scenes where they're setting it up, and who was it they wanted to call their soup Achu? That was BB. Yeah, so (laughs) BB wanted the Achu soup, and uh, uh, I can't remember who it was that was, uh, it it might have been Aja or something that was saying, you know, there's no soup out there that's called, like, (coughs) it's just... (laughs) I don't know. I thought this stuff was really funny. I liked the, the challenge they had of coming up with it. And then, uh, well, obviously, Aja, uh, that might have been um, somebody else. I don't think it was Aja, because Aja's thing was the candy soup, which was just a terrible idea. And when we get to the reveal of how it looked, I mean, it was just awful as well. But I don't know. It, it, this is sort of like great train wreck television here. I do admit, like, the bad was better and more bearable than some of the stuff in the Snatch game. Yeah. Or even the the Bachelor parody thing that we got the week before. Like, I could at least stomach. Like, there was no pro- point where I was like, oh, this is uncomfortable, like, fast forward or anything. I think it was all watchable, mm-hmm. which was an improvement from the last two. Uh, and, the, like, come and on. The, I guess, and then we still... Oh, I was just going to say, you, you know it's good when Ben says, I'm going to tell you who's not going to win this challenge, and then just points to Shangela, and, like, the, the, not even trying to hide it. Like, that was... Just Shangela building this dress, and like, I didn't know it wasn't stretchy material. And Trixie trying to like, this is this is amazing. I mean, I'm I'm starting to maybe catch on to that the appeal to the show isn't the good stuff. This is like the American Idol of uh, you know talent or um, special effects makeup dress shows. That it's it's actually about how bad it can be. That's the entertainment. Yeah, I was like, uh, I'm going to say you probably aren't familiar, but Shangela in her past season was not the seamstress <laughs> and always seemed to suffer from anything that involved creation or craft. It was always a struggle. The first time Shangela was on, eliminated right away after having to make a, a dress from drapes or something like that. And then the 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 look that she came out in with the bubble ball, the bubble this season was an, it was a redo of another crafting challenge that she struggled with. So it's always been Shangela's problem. And then she even admitted, she was like, I took some sewing classes, but I didn't take fabric picking classes. And it's just, that's why we like Shangela, even though you're such a, still a mess. Like I wrote in my notes, Shangela is still a mess years later. But like, this is where, you know, having not seen the show, I was kind of caught off guard with this episode. Another thing that, that kept me interested is that Shangela has been presented as like one of the front runners. Like we talked last week about, you know, is it so obvious that like Ben's going to win this? And it's sort of like Ben or Shangela. And all of a sudden I know where Shangela is just the walking disaster. I mean, it at least keeps me guessing and I don't know where the show's going anymore. 
Yeah, we will definitely talk about where the show's going at the end of this episode yeah. with that intro reveal of the handmaids. Yeah. Um, but we'll get there. Uh, I was at this point, I was kind of worried about Aja because I was thinking, Oh gosh, you know, she hasn't been getting the biggest edit. Like she got that kind of was relatively in there. You hear and there gets good confessionals and sound bites. And then all of a sudden the edit spike, this episode was like, I was like, Oh, I'm so worried. A, she won the challenge. And then B, she's saying, Oh, I'm going to win this with my sugar. This. And I was just like, mm-hmm. Oh, I was worried. I don't know if you got this impression with the edit, but yeah, well, the one thing that did confuse me is I remember in the first few episodes, I don't know if it was just, maybe I'm misreading it, but you seem like you were very high on Aja. Um, so me taking you for an expert, I assume yeah. she's a front runner. And then the last three weeks, I'm like, which one is Aja again? Like, I'm finally coming around to where I can recognize these people, whether they're in costume or out of costume. It's taken five episodes. But I think it was last week where I'm like, I saw Aja out of costume. I'm like, who's that? Have they been on this show? And I still have trouble, you know, actually piecing together who Aja is in the looks, too. So it, there's definitely some type of visible edit because I'm catching on to everybody but Aja. I think Aja was definitely, just to clarify, Aja was never going to be a frontrunner, ever. I just kind of grew a, a immediate appreciation because I think out of everyone... Maybe in all of all the star all star seasons has improved the most in mm-hmm. terms of what they originally did to what they're doing now. Like Aja was a tr- Aja was a train wreck on the first uh, appearance, but this time around has definitely improved. Definitely a lot more personable and funny and witty and all these kinds of positive qualities. <laughs> uh, so, so after that first um, talent show in the beginning, I was like a, I was like a hooked. I, I was a fan. Not to say that I was against Aja, I was just like, eh, whatever. Mm-hmm. But now, you know, starting this season, it really cemented my appreciation for her. Um, at least I'm not the only one who thinks the edit was changed. All of a sudden, it was a visibility spike that did her in. Mm-hmm. Um, then we get a little bit of strategy talk before they go to the challenge about the um, Ben still saying, oh, I don't know what we're going to do. How are we going to measure this elimination is it still going to be based on challenge performance or what's the metric here Ugh. and i was thinking is this like just you know part of ben's personality like this is how he functions and whatever or is it like a strategy thing because he felt like he was going to lose or something like that i couldn't read the situation i don't what did you think i could read it i mean ben started going on about you know there's got to be like some type of precise mathematical calculation um, with the person who has been close to the bottom, or if you were second from the bottom, then you get three points and everything. I mean, I'm just starting to feel like Ben is playing like the Sean from Survivor Borneo strategy. Like this is his version of the alphabet strategy. Just every week, he's just trying to come up with what can actually uh, give me some type of validation for whatever choice I do make. But actually just leave me off scot-free if anybody takes any offense to it. It's like, well, it wasn't my fault. It was the mathematical equation that worked out. Um, I don't know why it's so hard at this point. I mean, this was one of the other things I did like in this episode. Like I said, these uh, non-challenge scenes. And even at the beginning of the episode, this sort of Shangela-Trixie alliance that sort of came out of nowhere. And this is sort of the one episode where it's starting to click with me that maybe you can play a strategy in this game. And it's it's not just as simple as, well, you have two choices who you're going to send home. 
So I, why Ben can't catch on to this? I mean, you know, did Ben ever have the opportunity to play any type of strategy before this? Not that Ben's ever going to really win one of these challenges. I mean, Ben won a challenge and was only allowed to share in the privileges in which didn't really use that to its full advantage. But like, is this something that he's, you know, less familiar with than other people? I mean, it's hard, it's hard to say because they don't really get this kind of, oh, they don't really have the opportunity to do this at the regular season because it's structured differently. Mm-hmm. So there's, you know, this is the first time that any of them have kind of been exposed to this. I mean, maybe it's just, a, it's probably a personality thing. Like, you know, the character or whatever of Ben de la Creme is d- terminally delightful. <laughs> so I, I'm guessing that's part of, you know, his personality just as a yeah. human as well. Like it translates as well. So whereas Shangela, you can tell Shangela's like, I don't care. I'm going to do whatever. Like yeah. kind of, there's a little bit more of attitude there mm-hmm. than someone like Ben who's like, oh, well, I'm just trying to be a good, good person here. And I did not expect you to make connections between Ben Delacrim and Sean from Survivor. Well, do you, do you see it at least? It works well. Yeah, the, it makes. Yeah, it, no, it makes a lot of sense. The RuPaul version of the alphabet strategy. <laughs> I want to know when the hidden immunity idol is going to come into play this season. Uh, we're still about ten seasons away from that, by my math. <laughs> oh god! Yeah, um, you haven't worked out the whole mathematical equation to figure that out yet, though. So you have to get back to us. Although I do kind of get what Ben's saying, and like, if you're in a show like this, like obviously there's heat. If you know, uh, look what almost happened with Trixie last week. Um, <laughs> If you rub somebody the wrong way, they are going to vote you out. So it does make sense that you would want to come up with a strategy, that at least vocally a strategy, where people know where you're coming from. And they're not going to blame you later on, especially if you know that somebody might come back later. So what, where Ben was getting at kind of did make sense. Like, if you have been on the bottom three times and somebody else has been on the bottom two times, then the one who's been on the bottom three times leaves. Um, if you have been in the middle and only safe once, then maybe that gives you an extra point. So I kind of got where he was going with the whole mathematical thing. He just had no way of properly explaining it. And I don't think anybody else here really cares that much, you know? I mean, once you vote for somebody to go, they're kind of gone. And uh, what, how many episodes are even left? I mean, there's probably not even that many opportunities where if you make the wrong decision, somebody's going to come back at you with revenge. Okay, so two things on that. I, def- I, I agree, and it makes sense you know, kind of picturing where Ben's coming from. But also I feel like Ben's trying to do a little bit of psychology and like, well, if we work on this, you know, based on who does poorly, we eliminate, you know, the weak people, mm-hmm. quote unquote, weak people kind of saving face because he's done these statistically bad out of everyone there. So it's like, well, if I don't, if I'm in the bottom, like, remember I've done really oh, well, yeah. so you've got to keep me kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It's like the kind of, Maybe because Ben knew, like, I wasn't going to win this or something. I'm just not entirely sure. But that's, like, kind of creeping in there as well, like, trying to please people and save, you know, face just in case something goes wrong. Mm -hmm. And then I was thinking at the after this episode ended, I mean, depends on how many people, if anyone comes back, who knows what this twist really is going to be. But I was thinking at this point, it's kind of like, whatever you do, it doesn't really have any negative effects. Like, I don't think it's really going to come back to haunt you from moving forward. Now there's what five, five people left and three of them are going to be in the final three. So, so it's we like got 
three more eliminations. If one person comes back, that puts them at six. That's three possible eliminations before finale. Yeah, Yeah, and it's not like there's a jury, like... (laughs) So you don't have to worry about, you know, your jury management skills yeah. or anything like that. So I feel like there's no kind of, especially after we kind of get a sense of what this handmade thing is going to be. There's no real kind of like, ooh, what could happen? Like, we, we, we it's there's nothing left. It's mm-hmm. the end. So I guess we can get into the challenges. Um, you had a lot to say, so I think I'll let you go first and just talk about and all this, just the soup cans first. Because okay. I know you love the soups. Well, for one, none of these look like soup cans, and, and obviously the show provided them at least with the base of this, and they just sort of had to design everything else because the dimensions of the soup can were all the same on each person. But to me, it looked like either a paint can or an ice cream bucket on each person. Like, I didn't get soup can from any of them. Um, the uh, the one that Aja had, though, it looked, because it actually had ice cream cones on it, I don't know how that even says soup not to mention the idea of a sweet soup just it doesn't make sense at all and everybody else tried to say oh well there's the the, your personality doesn't fit the whole sweet thing it should have been spicy i mean who even cares about that just the idea of a sweet soup was disgusting to me like i'm looking at this thing i don't want to eat that i mean a a sweet soup would be like when they have an ice cream cone on the front of it i mean that's just melted ice cream that's gross um the peanut one was pretty good uh i'd like to try peanut soup even though when, uh, who had that? Was that BB who had the peanut soup? Yeah. Yeah, so the peanut soup, um, sounded great to me because I was kind of imagining like a Thai thing. And then when I was looking for a profile pic for, um, Skype here for our recording, uh, I found uh, pictures of peanut soup, which looks disgusting. Uh, it looks like white beans floating in a bowl of snot. Um, so now I no longer have any interest in peanut soup. Um, what were some of the other ones that we had? Uh, Ben's Cream de la Creme. That was just a clever name. I like that. Uh, am I missing any other big ones? Trixie's got a lot of, um... Um, Trixie, yeah. Yeah, Trixie's got a lot of attention from the judges. I didn't really get it. Like, again, is this one of these things where they just connected to the personality more? Because they were talking about, like, oh, you're branding yourself. And again, I couldn't have cared less about that. I just, does this sound like an interesting soup? And, uh, who had the fish soup? That was Shangela. Shangela's fish soup, yeah. Uh, strangely enough, one of the ones that actually sounded like it might have been a slightly appetizing soup. Uh, I, I don't know why they made a big deal about that. I kind of like fish soup. But uh, yeah, so there's my my, my soup review um, of these. <laughs> Again, none of these, really, they, they did look like, like, tell me I'm wrong, they look like paint cans, what they were wearing. No, I didn't pick up on that paint can. When you watching the episode, I didn't say, oh, look weird. I was like, oh, those soup cans. Now that you mentioned, I'm like, they were, yeah, they were weird proportions. I definitely see paint cans. Like, (laughs) they were like short and stocky, not like tall and thin, Mm -hmm. like you would think of a soup can. But it was definitely weird, though, about the soup cans, because some of them were centered around being an actual soup. Like, BB's was an actual soup. Yeah. Kennedy's was an actual soup. And then people like Aja and Trixie's weren't. Like those weren't I, those weren't concepts that were related to soup. Like so, I don't know what they were looking for. I guess they were more concerned with this branding thing about who they are mm-hmm. than they were with the actual like you know possible taste of a that soup. That sounds edible. It wasn't it wasn't clear in what they were telling us, 
and like what they were really looking for because some of them were like like I wouldn't want to have Shangela's fish soup. Yeah. Like that sounds kind of gross. Mm-hmm. Or like an ice cream soup or like a, a may cause death soup from Trixie. Like it just That was funny at least. It didn't make though. sense. Well, I liked a lot of the another surprise was all these narratives that they were telling. Oh yeah. That I wasn't we weren't aware of. They didn't like say, Hey, do this narrative as well. It was like a surprise out of left field that they were gonna have this narrative and I thought there oh, that was probably where most of the humor came mm-hmm. in. Where Aja was like, put me in your mouth or something like that. And like Ben de la Creme's like, you know, good because of like dumb luck or something, yada, yada, talent, whatever. And like playing off the fact that he's won every single challenge so yeah. far. Um, I thought that that was the best stuff and not the actual like, you know, designs. Cause I, how the heck we didn't get to see any of what they were doing. So it was all of a sudden, oh, here's the can. Yeah, it was just talking about, this is my theme. Yeah, it was just all about the branding, I guess, and the soup, but anyway. Then they come out on the white horse (laughs) with their Studio 54 look. Do you have any notes on any of the looks or the narratives? Because I think the narratives were pretty great, but do you have have any standout looks that you remember? Or was this soup (laughs) cans too much? Uh, No, I mean, I was kind of more proud of myself that uh, when they pick their winners and their losers, it was exactly what I would have picked. So I really am feeling like, you know, the voice of drag queens everywhere now that I'm starting to get this. <laughs> but uh, I, I I instantly thought that Trixie's looked, because again, I'm judging it based on what it is. I mean, it looked very disco. It looked very 70s. It looked hideous. And there's something I already said about Trixie <laughs> that kind of gives me nightmares in like, oh, that's hilarious. You know, um, uh, there's also something about the seventies, the seventies look that always has, has been unsettling for me. And it's probably because I didn't grow up in the seventies and it looks so unsettling. Um, but you combine those two things. Like you put Trixie in an authentic seventies look and that, that was like the most terrifying thing I've ever seen. And I loved it. So I, uh, I definitely thought Trixie was one of the best ones. And then BB's also, it just, it looked authentic. Shangela's believe it or not, I thought it looked very like it made sense because you saw what was it? There were people who had uh, fish. Um, I remember seeing this somewhere where there was like living fish inside the heels of your shoes, like it was a fish bowl, and that was something that people did in the seventies. So there were really stupid ideas like that, like somebody wearing a gold record over them. But the costume itself was—I mean, it was so um, what was it like paper mache uh, and. Uh, you know, painting smock. That's basically all it was. So it was obvious that one was going to be on the bottom. And then what was the other bottom one? Uh, Aja's. Oh, yeah. Uh, and Aja's, again, I, I mean, this is, I'm, I'm really starting to get this, people. Uh, th- it's not like there was anything wrong. Like, Aja's looked like it probably took a long time to put together the costume and everything. But they're totally right. It didn't look uh, 70s at all. But I'll say the same thing for Ben. Like, Ben's look looked like late 60s to me. I mean, this looks like something out of, you know, one of the late 60s, early 70s James Bond movies. It didn't scream disco in any way whatsoever. So uh, I was kind of surprised. I'm not going to say there were obviously worse choices, but I think it could have been a toss-up between Aja and Ben for the next bottom one because neither of them really seemed to fit the theme. Ben's look reminded me very much of Mondrian. I don't know if you're familiar with 
Which one? What is the this? The painter Mondrian. But it, it was just the painter Mondrian with the, the who did the square blocking. Oh, that one. Yeah, that it's painter, a, yeah. Um, no clue what you're saying. All right. No, okay. Well, it was, here, I'm going to send you a link so you don't mock me again. <laughs> I'm not mocking. I just don't have a clue what you're talking um, about. Um, but anyway, that was what I was thinking, which was very, which is a weird reference in terms of time. Um, but I, in terms of, I did not like BB's thing at all. I thought that was just so, it looked so, uh, I didn't like it. I don't know why. It I just don't, 70s. I don't like it. And I don't know, I know, but I don't. You're I don't not, think it looks like good. But you're at not all. So, nothing in the seventies looks good. Like that's why Trixie's was so great because it looked hideous. I don't know. I, I, I was like when as soon as BB came out, I was like, oh, that's kind of gross. <laughs> that's the seventies. Like, oh, that's why it was win. brilliant. Uh, all right, I'm going to trust you since you were probably alive for the times, but I was born well past this era. Uh, We'll see. Well, hey, I don't see the birth certificate. So. Um, uh, but I did think that we got a lot of great moments from the narratives. Mm-hmm. Uh, I loved Ben de la Creme's about, I was in the Vatican and I ran into the Taco Bell Chihuahua. <laughs> and then the comment about Stevie Wonder may look like Michelle Visage. There's just like so much good stuff in there. Um, and I think that was probably uh, I think Trixie had some good lines about um, John Wayne and everything, and I thought that was just a lot of fun. And the judge's comment on Trixie's camel toe was but, great. <laughs> well, someone said um, something during the runway about camel toe as well, not just at the review, but there's something as well in the in the one of those like quick uh, one-liners that the judges throw out. I thought that was funny too, but I, I can't remember. RuPaul's Drag moment. Race is trying to match the Camel Toe references to the Oz Network's references of Dongs, so it's just a competition now between these two <sighs> these two franchises. Were you surprised to see the horse? Because I was a little surprised when they brought the <laughs> horse out. Well, they showed that in the um, uh, what do you call it the. The, the picture, like when they were referencing, oh, these are some of the 70s looks you should go for, and they showed, you know, some woman who actually did ride a horse into uh, Studio 54. And uh, then when they showed the preview, like, you know, up next on RuPaul's Drag Race, and they showed something with a horse, I thought it was one person's prop. I didn't realize this is going to be the prop for everything. I mean, maybe it should have had, like, a, a unicorn. It should have had a unicorn's horn on it or something. That would have been great. That would have been more fitting with the disco. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe. maybe. Unicorns are very disco. <laughs> um, all right. So anyway, we get announced that BB and Trixie are the winners with Asha and Shangela on the bottom. You think it's fair. I would have shifted probably away from BB as the winner, but whatever. To I don't Kennedy? Know to say. I don't know. But I didn't like Kennedy's grandma soup. Like, what was that? <sighs> yeah, that was kind of funny. I don't know. I, think... I thought it was weird, more than funny. But 
I probably would have gone closer to Benzo Creme being the better one. I know you weren't a fan of it being 70s, but I think it just like overall was a lot. I just liked it more mm. than BB's. But that's just my own opinion. I, I, I don't really know if it's entirely 70s. I'm not, my knowledge of the 70s is very limited. Well, when we get to the lip sync, um, I'm not going to be as high on BB. I'll just say that. Okay. Um, anyway, they go backstage. Trick comes in running because she's actually happy to have won something. Uh, and they talk, they talk. Trixie takes off everything in like a matter of seconds. I thought that was weird. <laughs> Shangela mentions Thrones again. I roll my eyes. Um, do you have anything to say? I don't really have much to talk about in the backstage stuff. Oh, I do I'm again. Very high because on it, so I mentioned I liked this episode for these things. This I got way more. There's something's happening here. I have more to talk about on RuPaul's Drag Race than you do. Um, first of all, I'm <laughs> I'm with you. I am so done with these Game of Thrones references. Like, it was funny. The first time, I think I even wrote in my notes because it was really funny. And now it's just, we don't need to hear this every single week. Just move on already. Uh, what I really did love, though, was when they split up and started talking because I was starting to see, and I wish it had gone this way. Um, not that I'm like, oh, Shangela deserved to go. I mean, I, I honestly could care less whoever goes home. But how great would the storyline have been? If we had Shangela save Trixie last week after Trixie, you know, had the note after the uh, the Thorgy Dong uh, incident, and we have like this three week long build up, and then Trixie decides to send Shangela home, like that would have been an amazing storyline. It's kind of the second week in a row where I feel like they were setting something up that just it, it didn't happen. So it's just sort of like a tease to the audience, but that would have been like such a Godfather move, and I would have loved Trixie to have done that. Um, but what the real entertainment was here was where I think it was Ajo who was trying to talk to BB and BB just would not shut up, which I thought was hilarious. BB was just going on and on and on. And, and Aja's, um, was that Aja or was that, um, uh, Shangela? I think it was, no, Aja. It was Aja. Yeah. It's like, um, I keep trying to talk, but just BB would shut up. Um, and again, that's great to think that, you know, Aja ends up going home and probably didn't even get a chance to plead her case because she couldn't learn to interrupt. So, I mean, this this was probably of all the the scenes, the strategizing scenes we've seen. You know, I've sort of criticized that I, I don't really get the concept where you have this judgment. These are the people on the top. These are the people on the bottom. And then you go back and talk about it for 10 minutes only to come back for lip syncing. But in a way, it worked in this episode because I was a little bit more interested in the story. Um, kind of disappointed with how the outcome played out, but uh, I thought these scenes were still fun. Yeah, I think it was clear that BB had already made up her mind when talking to Aja. Didn't really have to have it. Didn't want to listen yeah. to what Aja had to say because it's like I already, I already know who's going home. Don't worry. If I win, you're gone. <laughs> like you don't need to say anything. And like BB was being very, very nice, very polite. You know, you've done so well. Everyone's going to be so proud of you. I'm going to send you home. <laughs> but think about how much good you've done. It's just like, it was so clear that BB had made up her mind. It was almost as clear as Kennedy saying, I don't want to talk to anybody um, when uh, eliminating milk mm -hmm. last or two weeks ago. Uh -huh. But uh, yeah, I would say that, that that was a good moment. The Aja, Ken, not Kennedy, Aja and BB thing. <laughs> What was your 
thoughts on um, the whole conversation between Kennedy and Ben de la Creme about Ben finally not winning a challenge and having that play on, you know, the challenges, like having that have kind of some effect on the performance in the show. I will be perfectly honest. I don't remember that scene. <laughs> All right. I have very so little will... to add. Yeah, there was, a, I didn't, I, I didn't take much away from it, but it seems like they were building up this whole Kennedy and Ben I'm like at odds about why they, how they will, will eliminate or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden they come together and be like, it was wearing on you. Like Ben Delacreme was obviously not doing as well. Didn't win for the first time. Mm-hmm. And Ben is like, well, yeah, it's wearing on me. Like having to win all the time is draining. Oh, it's such a burden. Yes. People have been saying first world drag race problems. <laughs> <laughs> it's very true, but it's like, okay, you gotta, if you want, and, but I think Kennedy made a good point, you know, at some point, I don't know when in the five episodes, but Kennedy was like, if you don't want the, if you don't want the power to eliminate someone, then don't win. Yeah. And I think that like, finally, like through literally trying or subconsciously trying, Ben has finally accomplished that in not winning. I think, uh, and I guess we'll go into the lip sync. I was just going to say, I think... And you were not a fan of... Oh, go ahead. Uh, I was just saying, I think Ben was maybe channeling his inner Chi-Chi this week, and uh, you know, that's where the lack of success came <laughs> from. But no, Gosh. okay. So the lip sync, I've been complaining the last few weeks, they're not really songs that allow people to be funny or to perform or do anything interesting. Um, you know, this song really worked, and... I felt like both of them really gave it a lot of personality. I think it's not that I thought the Trixies was particularly brilliant, but it's just how did BB win this? I was watching this. I'm like, I don't think BB knew one lyric of this song. It was this was like the biggest train wreck of the whole episode. Was watching BB try to lip sync, and it looked like something like a deer caught in headlights. Like she was just bug eyed and stiff and mouthing every wrong word for like three minutes straight, and then they pick BB to win this. Like. This is how you know that maybe I'm getting a little bit invested in this show because I was like outraged when they gave it to BB. I'm like, there is no way BB deserved that. Like, come on. I'm done with this show. I was ready to like, you know, uh, voice my protest and, uh, um, you know, boycott the show next week because I was that angry that BB won. Like, were you watching this too? I mean, did you see any lyrics being lip synced properly here? I didn't necessarily look at what they were saying. I do think it was a little unfair to have this song as one of the lip syncs because this was a Diana Ross song after BB had just portrayed Diana Ross several episodes earlier. Mm-hmm. So like, there's already that kind of like, you know, you already have, you're in the mindset of Diana Ross. So you like, it was a lot easier for BB to do this. I just don't get why they would choose one of the songs of any of the people that were a diva in this the season. But like it, it doesn't make that's sense even to me. But less of an excuse for not knowing the lyrics and being stiff and bug eyed the whole time. It bothered me. Ugh. Hashtag not my drag race. <laughs> oh my god, Colin, getting heated here. It's a surprise. <laughs> You're obviously such a huge Trixie fan. That's why. 
I am, but at the same time, like I said, I didn't think anything that Trixie did was particularly brilliant, and I kind of knew they were going to go this route because this is what happened last week where they barely showed Trixie during the lip sync challenge. It was like three or four shots. So I'm like, well, they're obviously going to give it to BB, but I didn't understand why because BB wasn't doing anything right I here. feel like, the, you know, when I see this, I'm like, okay, I guess, like, who I think would maybe win. Like, I guess Kennedy would win earlier in the season. And I think I had, I think I had guessed in my head, I don't know if I announced it, but I guess Angela may have won one of the ones that she did. But I said like, probably a little bit halfway through, it's like, I think BB's going to win this. Mm-hmm. And I think that the only reason that I say that BB probably did a better job is that it just felt more like natural. I feel like Trixie was rolling around and everything, and it didn't seem to fit the song. Like it just felt weird. Like I was like, "What's why, why are you rolling?" About not knowing the lyrics. Okay, I didn't look at the lips. I, I'll go back and rewatch. <laughs> it's it, a lip sync but... challenge. You're not looking at the lips. Well, I'm just looking at the the energy and the spirit and the the movement. I wasn't like staring at them. Anyway, I, I thought that BB had done a good job and obviously so did RuPaul. Um, and then BB sends home Aja, my, my, one of my faves this season, and I was devastated. Mm-hmm. But Aja may not be gone for long as the two past winners come up with three additional costumed queens from the season what are your takes on this? Were you surprised to see them finally bring this back? Uh, yeah, I mean, I was kind of getting impatient with the same ending to every single episode. So <laughs> now they actually, what I was surprised is that I, I, I fully expected that probably by next week, because whenever you do this, it's probably at the halfway point of the show where you bring somebody back, no matter what the show is. Um, I expected that we would have seen that in maybe a small tease, but I didn't expect that we'd see the extra scene with RuPaul where the two come out and everything. And they're really making it clear this is going to happen next week. So I'm excited if they do this next week just so that we can finally be done with the handmaidens, which are really creepy. Um, and also I just <laughs> want to say whoever these past winners are, like they're terrifying as well. Maybe I, maybe drag queens kind of have to grow on me. And uh, if they don't, it's, it's kind of like clowns for children. Like, you know, how every kid's like terrified of clowns, or at least I was. Were you terrified of clowns as a kid? Probably. I, I can't specifically say, but. That's why I can't let Casper watch this show, because if he has the same fear of drag queens that I had of clowns, then, uh, I mean, I'm just going to turn this kid off life, and he's never going to watch this show. Uh, and he might have some good entertainment if he watches it, but, I don't know, those past drag queens look scary to me. Maybe it's the whole Handmaid's Tale thing that's terrifying to me as well, but, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's going to be good to get it over and done with, and I kind of read up on what the next week's episode is, and I guess they're mm-hmm. all going to be sort of, sort of competing in a challenge to see who comes back. I'm hoping that means that we still get like a full episode uh, and not just, well, that's the episode where they come back and then nobody's eliminated. Like, I think it'd be great if they could bring them back in the first half of the episode and the second half of the episode, you have a challenge and you could just move on from there. I don't think there's any point to just drag this out any longer. I don't think they, well, I mean, based off All-Stars 2, when they brought someone back, they had done the whole episode was centered around the people coming back, but also someone being eliminated. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like a first half was this and the second half was this. It was the whole episode was about someone coming back and someone being eliminated and that we got that payoff in the same episode. So I don't know if they're going to delay it any longer, depending on how many they bring back. If they bring back two, then maybe they may, oh, they wouldn't delay it. But if they bring back one, they may delay it. I'm not sure. They only have a certain amount of episodes 
build, so who knows how it's going to work out. I'm not sure what's going to happen because I was a little, I'm still a little surprised at what's going on. Apparently, this is a really big twist that no one saw coming for her. Mm. So I can say that we are pretty. Do you have a sense of who the queens were? Because I at least know one of the ones that was brought back on the stage. What do you mean on the stage? Like the two handmaidens? Like those three that. No, the, the not the past winners, but they brought the, those three additional ones on, which were off three of the eliminated ones from this season. Did you oh, pick I up mean, on I who? Mean, no, I did, I didn't even realize that's what they were doing. I just thought they were extras in the shot. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, was one of Pretty them Kristen sure Chenoweth? That three are the <laughs> Kristen Chenoweth, Constance Zimmer, and Jeffrey Boyer yeah. Chapman. Yes. <laughs> Are you I mean, going to bring back the give your competition? <laughs> do you want to give your prediction as to who it is? So one, of them, one of them was definitely Aja because of all the tattoos on the arms. Mm. You could, if you, I mean, it's obvious that you've seen the past seasons. Like, but Aja is quite a bit. I doubt that they're going to bring the orgy back. Exactly. Um, so I was, my, my predictions are probably going to end up being Morgan, Aja, and out of being a three, because I doubt that they'd bring Thorgy and Milk back, but who knows. Mm-hmm. Well, they finally stopped uh, talking about Thorgy, so obviously Thorgy's out. Yeah, Thorgy's ad- extended storyline is complete. Yeah. Our dongs, no more um, eccentric Geminis. We're all done with that kind of business. <laughs> There's no redemption for Stevie Nicks. That's kind of sad. Uh-huh. We never got closure on that. Best storyline happened. Um, so I guess we have a forward to in the next episode of the season and obviously you've looked ahead so you know what things are going to happen um but i don't know so i will stay a mystery um do you have anything else you want to add on this episode how many uh no just more drag race challenges i just want to say how much i love that one of the uh the challenges resulted in the prize of a year's supply of hamburgers (laughs) that's probably the best prize that you could have ever had um so, uh, do we get stuff like that often? Is that kind of a joke, or is, is this like a sponsor on the show? Probably a sponsor. I didn't hear the name of whatever Hamburger Mary's company or. Oh yeah, okay. Hamburger Mary's is a, a sponsor they've had before, but not not consistently, like sporadically throughout mm. the show's history. Oh, um, we've got to uh, rate it. Oh, we do. Skin. Yes. Okay, so I. S- still don't think that I've seen anything on this show or this season that would make me want to buy it, but I did say that I enjoyed almost everything on this episode, even though I was kind of disappointed with how it played out, or I guess the lack of drama on the end after the build-up, but I'd still say that I think this is a pretty solid rent. It's one of the ones I enjoyed the most this season. And unlike you, I'm going to do something completely different, and I'm going to bin it. I'm a bigger fan of RuPaul's Drag Race than Rossi! <laughs> You've lost your credibility. I'm the new host. <laughs> you, know, you can host more episodes, Colin. You're already <laughs> hosting like 20 shows yeah. as is. And if you want to add another one, you can. <laughs> um, I don't know. I was just—I uh, thought, I thought this was so slow. I didn't really get a lot from it. There was really no drama, and we lost one of my favorites. So uh. it's all around 
not a great episode for me. You know, I had Chantelay on, I would have been like, oh, rent or, or buy or whatever, because that drama of, you know, Chantelay being a front runner and being mm-hmm. eliminated and strong queen, like a strong person eliminated early, I would have been like, what? But I felt like, I feel like this was like the easy way out. Like it was a safe mm-hmm. vote. To just get rid of Aja, no one's, no one's upset, no one's butthurt, like, but I, I and it's, it just wasn't interesting to me. Hopefully, mm-hmm. next drop act episode will be really good, and we'll both buy it. But that's Maybe. it for us this week. Uh, so for this, yeah, that is it. It for this week. Uh, what do we have going on in the Oz Network? Uh, ben and I are, I think, about four or five movies into our Best Pictures rewatch here. Uh, for all the Academy Award-nominated movies and the Oscars of this weekend. So we're basically going to have one movie per day until this is done. We just watched Lady Bird today, um, unleashing our inner 17-year-old girl selves. And next up's going to be Get Out tomorrow, which, uh, Rossi, have you seen either Lady Bird or Get Out? Nope. All right. Then you're not invited. Um, but we got a couple more to go. And then uh, aside from that... Uh, Amazing Race, which we missed last week because I was sick and we just decided, well, we didn't have time. Uh, we're going to catch up on that, I think, what, tomorrow night? So probably within 24 hours, we should hopefully have our Amazing Race finale. A big episode recap. to come. It's what? It's a big episode. It is. It's, it's a, a finale. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, that's right, because we're hoping to get some special guests on uh, for tomorrow night for the Amazing Race. Yes. So even if you didn't watch the Amazing Race this season, tune in. Because we're going to bring on some people that you're probably a bigger fan of than me and Rossi. Um, and sadly, I'll, I we should probably just spoil it. It, it is not a contestant from the show. Um, it's somebody better than a contestant from the it's show. It's well hung. It's well hung, yeah. Now, now <laughs> when they come on, we're going to have to announce them as well hung. So <laughs> yep. we'll live up to our promise. I guess that's it. As always, listen to the Oz Network. Listen to the, all the off-the-podium coverage that Colin and others spent their last waking hours doing and that's it i'm rossi and all i can talk about is rhinestone and my lady parts and my name is colin and i'm hungry i'm gonna go have a big bowl of <coughs> thank you for listening to the oz network don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week for more information hit us up at the oz network.net